Hey everyone, welcome to the Hiring Success Podcast. Have you ever left a job and later wished that you could return? Or maybe you've experienced what it's like to lose a great employee, knowing that if they ever asked to come back, you'd extend the opportunity without question. If so, you'll enjoy today's episode. Our guest is James Sinclair, the Chief Executive of Enterprise Alumni, a US-based multinational company that enables large organizations like the Lufthansa Group, Nestle, HSBC, Procter & Gamble, and LinkedIn to actively engage and harness the power of their corporate alumni for a variety of purposes, including talent acquisition, business development, mentoring, and more. After the interview, please be sure to stay tuned for an important announcement. As always, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. Hey, James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Mason. Great to be here. So I'm glad that we found the time to chat today. I think that your company, Enterprise Alumni, provides a really interesting service, and it's one that will be of definite interest not only to those that work in talent acquisition or recruiting, but really to anyone that has ever been an employer or an employee for that matter. Um, But I think I'll let you take the stage at this point and tell us a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mason. I mean, I, I do love being introduced, um, and I appreciate that. So uh, our company is Enterprise Alumni, and we focus on the post-employment space. Uh, so the conversation being that organizations are spending a dramatic amount of money on their recruiting efforts, uh, their retention, learning, development efforts. And then when employees leave, there is a high five and a goodbye. And I don't think there's any other asset that any company would let just fall off the balance sheet the way they let uh, their talent fall off. And so our focus is on maintaining a relationship. So as these people go on to get new skills um, and new new friends, new colleagues, new partners, new experiences, new perspectives, uh, there is a value of, of being able to bring that back to the organization, whether it's through recruitment, brand advocacy, or sales, or whatever it might be. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like a, a practical business application of the old aphorism, never burn your bridges behind you. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no reason to. I mean, the data uh, is quite strong around it. I think it's something around 20 to 25% of people actually regret leaving, um, but don't really have a pathway to go back to their old boss and say, hey, oops, I made a mistake. Um, can I come back? I mean, pride alone probably stops 98% of those people. And about 80% of people on our platform opt in to say, I would return to this organization if a good opportunity arose. So there is an amazing talent pool of qualified people out there that you know, you know their performance, you know uh, how they work. And they're saying, I want to come back. Um, Just give me a message. And I think more and more as people are thinking about talent pools and people are thinking about their recruiting efforts, many companies focus on what we call the stranger recruiting, which is the career sites, the the prayer circles, the technologies that help you identify whether someone is going to be a good fit for your organization. But the reality is the only way to find out if they're going to be a good fit for your organization is to have them in your organization. That's certainly true. It seems like there's a lot of lost opportunity then in terms of talent because there are countless reasons why someone might leave a company, both negative and positive. However, even when someone leaves on good terms, I think it's generally assumed that there's no turning back at that point. Okay, so what does a corporate alumni program look like in practice? Could you tell us a little bit more about some of the companies that you're working with currently? Yeah, so I think uh, alumni has kind of migrated from the the old school legacy perspective of alumni, which was just an address book uh, to be matched with your old peers, perhaps some news, perhaps some events. 
And many of those tools can now be found on LinkedIn, can be found on Google, can be found on all of these other sites that have appeared over the past, you know, five to 10 years. Uh, the new alumni program is really about creating meaningful experiences between the company and the employer, uh, making sure it is a two uh, sided conversation. This is not just an employer saying, hey, join our talent community so we can get something from you. It's also giving back. So we have some amazing customers around the world who are doing things like continued education. When you leave the company, why wouldn't we continue your education, continue helping you learn, um, continue helping you adjust to new hot skills? Uh, you know, we see a big rise in organizations extending their employee resource groups out to their alumni. If you cared about inclusion or pride or uh, vets while you're in the company, you probably care when you leave. So why kick you out of the program? Um, and so I think a lot of the organizations that we're serving are, are thinking about this more than just how do we do high fives and happy hours and more how do we deliver you great opportunities? I mean, we have one customer who actually says, if you're looking for an opportunity, yeah, we'd love to have you back, but we'd also be equally happy to find you an opportunity in our partners or our customer circles. The key being, how do we find you the best opportunity, whatever that might mean. Companies that do have alumni programs in place, in your experience, how successful are they in bringing former talent back into the fold? And when they aren't successful in doing so, are there other benefits that they reap as a result? So we find that a good program with a passionate leader, executive support, and a fair budget can fill up to 20% of open requisitions through not only alumni, but also alumni referrals. So we see that a, a referral brought in by alumni is 17 to 23% more likely to get the job. So this isn't just a pure recruitment play of how do we bring this person back? It's how do we tap into their network as well? Um, and for companies that don't quite have the the process to say, how are we going to streamline or create a workflow for these people to come back? We have a lot of these single, uh, simple touch points as well as simple as, hey, I'm interested in having a conversation. And I think for a lot of recruiters, they're thrilled with kind of hot leads starting there. It doesn't always have to match directly to a requisition they have. They're thrilled to find a, you know, a regrettable loss that comes back and says, hey, I would explore something, what do you have available? So I think a lot of the programming is just enabling an alumni to put their hand up and say, hey, me, and that's it, and see where it works from there. So in some ways, this isn't so different from a CRM. Yeah, this is a kind of a CRM on steroids because this is more than just a record keeping, um, you know, how do I think about someone leaving an organization? You really can't open with, hey, do you want to join our CRM to come back to our company? That's just an awful way to ask people to stay in touch. So the conversation has now moved much more to, hey, stay part of the community, uh, essentially relationship for life. And if an opportunity does arise around recruiting, amazing. But we see a lot of companies using it for other things as well. There are companies who leverage their alumni for business development. There are, you know, there's a stat from KPMG that almost 40% of their net new business has an alumni's fingerprint on it. Doesn't mean the business originated from the alumni. It just means somewhere in that supply chain of the deal, an alumni was there to put their hand up and say, yes, that's a good idea, or you should speak to. We have other customers who are thinking it more around uh, social, as in how do we use our alumni to amplify our social presence, our thought leadership? How do we use our alumni to bring in speakers, to identify innovation? Who's leaving doing something amazing? We want to be the first to know about it. So I think our customers are taking more of a um, 
a broader approach than just a pure talent play um, and instead saying, hey, what are these other benefits that could drive other business objectives? So yes, for a recruiter, they need to hit their performance objectives. Can I bring alumni in? Can I search uh, by skill, by area, by recruitable distance? Uh, you know, our pattern matching makes it really easy for that. But I think you're starting to see the talent acquisitions team say, well, there are other benefits as well. Does a good alumni program actually enable new recruits to accelerate quicker? You know, we find a huge amount of search traffic coming to our uh, customer sites with empathy-driven questions. What's it like to work at? What's the culture like? Who are notable alumni? And so you suddenly find that having an alumni network actually drives this conversation forward of saying, this is a great place to work. Yeah, so having an alumni program is also valuable in terms of employer branding too, right? I think that most people in their personal lives try to maintain relationships that they've devoted time and energy to. And for good reason, uh, working relationships shouldn't be any different, I think. Personally, I knew if I uh, found a company that had a program in place to preserve c- connections in the long run, I think I'd be drawn to working there too. Yeah, I think there's kind of two views on that. There's one which is maybe the, the McKinsey thought process, which is almost that you go to work for McKinsey because when you leave, you get the alumni network. Leaving is almost the, the best part of that experience in terms of their alumni network is core to the fabric of who they are as an organization. But you also hear, I uh, recently heard from the CHRO Brinker, and he talked about the fact that everyone is a customer first, a customer and a recruit, a customer and an employee, a customer and an alumni. And therefore, how you leave has to be as good, if not better than how you join. You know, you talk about that tense moment, and I've been in plenty of you know, corporate experiences where it's high fives. I'm thrilled for the person of where they're going, but it's still a negative situation. Someone that we love, someone that did great is leaving our organization and going elsewhere. And so making alumni and this exit process more of a a human experience, I I think is, is something that's critical. And I think when you think about new recruits coming in, if they knew that when they leave, Uh, they would be able to continue to access the resources, the knowledge, the opportunities that your organization has. That's a massive driver and a massive differentiator uh, compared to potentially other organizations. All right. So let's say that a company has this talent pool of alumni and they want to draw someone back into the company that's left. Are there any levers that they can use to attract talent they've lost and would like to rehire what does that process typically look like? Yeah, so I think there's kind of three sections to that. The first is actually saying hello and creating some engagement versus just throwing over the, you know, the ball of like, hey, you want to come work here again? So, so a lot of our customers focus on actually building a relationship, nurturing it. You know, we call it the 51-49% that the company has to give more than they receive. At the same time, we're able to pull in the job feeds. Um, similar from your platform and others that are able to recommend good opportunities to those alumni. And very often we enable a very single uh, one touch. I'm interested in this job. What we found is people that work to the company are not very interested in going to your career site. They're not very interested in uploading a resume. Maybe they're past that in their career. Maybe they have application arrogance per se. So how do you make it really easy for someone to raise their hand and just say, this job appeals to me. I want to talk to someone. Um, And at the same time, we think about maternity and paternity leavers, returnship programs. You know, you've left for three years, you've started a family. How do I just raise my hand and say, hey, is there an opportunity here without it being a difficult or a complex or an awkward process? And I think that's what we're trying to remove as well. Um, You know, I see 
a lot of change in kind of the empathy of the organizations we're serving. We have one company that if you refer a candidate, will instantly send you a Starbucks gift card because whether or not that candidate becomes an employee or not is irrelevant. The fact that you took the time to say, I have a good recommendation for you, is it reflective of your perception of that company and should be rewarded. So a lot of our companies both have kind of tangible and non-tangible rewards in the program as well. Would you say that the adoption rate of corporate alumni programs is rapidly gaining traction? I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, I read on your website that 98% of Fortune 500 companies have some sort of alumni program in place. So that would certainly seem to be the case. So I think what we've seen is, look, for 10 years, Josh Burson has talked about alumni. Um, you know, Reid Hoffman from LinkedIn wrote the book on the, the value of alumni. And I think what we're now seeing is almost a decade, late, a decade later, uh, this is moving out of the early adopters and the innovators into the mass market that now organizations are recognizing it's not a choice. We have this talent pool. We have this investment. You know, there's a little bit of a uh, perception of, hey, let's just continue how we've always done it. We've got the career site. We've got the recruiters. We've got LinkedIn. We've got our various aggregators we go to. You know, do we need another tool, another resource, another thing? Um, but the answer is actually, can you afford not to? You've got tens of thousands for some organizations of people sitting out there saying, I'd consider returning. And I think when we talk about that 98%, sometimes it's just Steve in the basement with an Excel spreadsheet. Sometimes it's an informal returnship program or retirees program. You're definitely seeing uh, organizations allocate fair budgets uh, and resources to this and saying, if this works as the data says it should, we're going to get 6x the value that we get potentially from our careers site because we're going to get more qualified people. We know them better. We know they're fit. They're going to stay two years longer. And perhaps more importantly, our time to fill and time to productivity is going to go down dramatically because they know about the awkward elevator. They know about the weird VPN system. They know all the politics coming in. So they're able to come in hotter and maintain momentum quicker. And more importantly, when you look at them one year later, they're still with the company. They're not on a performance improvement plan and they were actually a good fit for the role. And that's one of the things we're asking our customers to start tracking a little heavier is yes, you get the recruit through the door. Yes, you're tracking that time to fill and the cost of acquisition. But are you checking in one year later and seeing if that fill was actually a good fill? Um, and, and I think it's important to look at it now over the life cycle of, of that employee, not just the conversion moment of this individual is now hired. You mentioned that a lot of professionals are reluctant to adopt yet another program or service into their existing HR tech stack. How easy or difficult is it to integrate a platform like Enterprise Alumni into uh, your existing applicant tracking system or other workflows? A couple of clicks. I mean, the important thing, and I think you can probably relate to this, is when you sell to specifically very large enterprises, you've got to make it as seamless as possible. This cannot be a conversation around implementation months and man hours and SOWs. This has to either work out the box or, or the customer can't take it because they don't have the resource, the capability, or you're basically asking to put it on the 2021 agenda. So we remove kind of all of those obstacles. It's very, very simple, very easy. Whatever ATS they're using, whatever CRM they're using, um, native integrations to, to, all the, to all the big players as well. And actually, I think that's a given now. You can't be in, in B2B enterprise SaaS and make integrations a separate conversation. Um, it either works seamlessly with the processes and the way we're working, or you're not going to get the adoption you want. Um, and so we've really relied on 
TA and recruiters to tell us what they expect and what they want. Like a great anecdote is we have this function that allows you to raise your hand and say, I'm interested in returning. Um, and senior leadership says, great, let's make sure that's integrated with success factors or workday or aperture or whatever else we're using. Whereas the recruiter says, just send it to my email. If you want me to respond today to a hot lead, send it to where I live. If you want me to respond this week, send it into my CRM ATS thing. And so for us, we actually try and direct the traffic where the end user wants it. If the recruiter wants it via email because they're going to respond quicker, ultimately, we've got to, we've got to react to that. So integrations isn't just technical integrations. It's also making sure that the end users don't have to log into another screen, don't have to click one more thing. Um, you know, And we see very quickly as our customers start to hire people through this platform, the, the recruiters turn and say, one second, why am I not looking at this talent pool of qualified talent? I think everyone knows that alumni makes sense. No one questions that. Everyone connects those dots. For many organizations, it's about taking that kind of first step. What is the first step? <laughs> Unfortunately, we take the step. <laughs> um, and I think, <laughs> I think there's, there's, there's a few things. I think the first is, yes, if you always do it how it's always been done, you're going to get the same results. Uh, there is a need, and we're seeing this in the market. We're seeing this in the market because of cloud solutions like smart recruiters, like enterprise alumni that are going out, they're giving the customers choice. They do a great job. They do what they say on the tin and you get the growth from there. So I do think that we are seeing a more innovative market out there willing to explore, test and try. Uh, I think probably similar to you guys recognizing uh, this is not a resource-heavy conversation. Uh, this is about value, and we know that. But I think the first step, whether it's having a LinkedIn group, starting an email list, it doesn't have to kick off with a platform. It just has mm -hmm. to start by saying, hey, let's get some cadence to whatever this program is. We speak to many organizations in the Fortune 500, and we say, okay, we're going to plan for your platform mid-2020. Let's start the process now. Let's start the pre-party of amassing your users, setting a cadence of how we're posting and communicating. So by the time we go live, we have a community of X thousand versus it being a surprise. We find that kind of ramp up is actually the best way to go. Uh, and from a resource perspective, ultimately, I think that's the beholden on the, the software company to make sure the application is simple to use, is not as an administrative burden, has as much automation as humanly possible, and there's a team around it to make sure they're successful. And I think that's what we're seeing, a new wave of B2B SaaS applications that are putting the customer first and having true empathy for making their job easier and better. And I think that's why we've seen companies like yours, companies like ours, really start to, to skyrocket in the market because we're putting the customers first and really thinking about how do we make this great, easy, and simple for them to see the results. Yeah, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head there. You really can't underestimate the importance of being empathetic and placing the customer's experience first. I'm sorry to digress, but if, if you could condense your thoughts on corporate alumni programs and, and one final thought, what would it be? I think my final thought would be if I told you that 80% of people that had left you would like to come back, surely there's a pocket of few people that you can think in your mind, oof, wouldn't it be great if we got him or her back? Um, and that's what our companies are going through. If we told you that they stay two years longer, that you know, the, the value is, I think, from a source of hire perspective, alumni and alumni referrals are number one and two as sources of hire, whereas a career site is number six. So if you were to spend 
you know, a dollar on your alumni program, you're going to get 6x the value that you get on hiring strangers and going out to a market trying to identify people you've never met that might be a good fit for the role. So my advice is there are uh, people that want to connect, that want to be part of your talent community. They just need a way or a mechanism to raise their hand, uh, to introduce their friends or come back to themselves. And of course, we are happy to help have that conversation. It doesn't always have to be a, a sales conversation. Very often we're having conversations around employee experience and how does alumni come into this? How is this a moment that matters or a meaningful moment? And we get that too. And so we try and provide as much um, thought leadership to our customers uh, in equal parts to our technology. I think that's a, that's a really great insight. Okay, James, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great chatting with you and I really appreciate everything that you shared with us. Thank you so much, Mason. I appreciate it. On February 11 and 12, Hiring Success will bring together 1,200 recruiting technologists and senior talent acquisition practitioners into an immersive experience centered around innovation in recruiting technology, inclusion of people from all walks of life, and actually achieving hiring success. Headlined by Dr. Makaziwi Mandela, Nelson Mandela's daughter, the Marriott Marquis in San Francisco will be packed with 100 workshops, debates, and roundtable discussions on employer branding, diversity sourcing, hiring manager engagement, and the future of work. If you want to learn more, go to hiringsuccess.com events.